Man, I'm excited this morning because I've been, uh, you know, you ever feel like you're kind of slow at catching on to what God's trying to tell you? (laughs) So I've probably known at least for a month what I was going to speak on, and it took me two or three weeks to catch on to the fact that Matt's messages were leading me right there. And I'm like, okay, God, well, then all week this week, there's been one thing after another after another that has challenged my ability to act this out. And, and um, so I'm, I'm on my way here this morning, and I'm like, God, help me get into this thing. Help me make sure that I'm sharing what you're trying to share, saying what you want to say. And then I get here. And it's mass chaos. Okay. That's not exactly what I had in mind, God, but we'll do it. And the Lord reminded me that the whole premise of this message is that I can't do it and he can. And so here we are. We're going to talk about the love of God today. And I want to open up with just one verse in 1 John 4, 7 through 8. It says, Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God, but anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. And I wanted to start with that because I want the understanding that God is love. And so our source of everything that we do comes from God and his love. And so I wrote some things down, and I was going through things, and I was talking to God, and not that I didn't use any of them, but I kept getting like hung up. Like, God, what what are you what are you wanting to communicate? And it, the reason that it, that it actually stemmed from from a word that Daniel gave that day that I knew that I was supposed to speak about this, and it was talking about the fact that there are people who come in this room or come into contact with us that don't believe they belong. Um, and so I was sitting there thinking a moment ago because every word, every song this morning, everything that happened once service started confirmed all of this for me. It's like constant, one thing after another. And so I wanted to start, the, or the first, the first thing that I believe God's love is, is unconditional. And I typically am a last minute preparer for things. And I didn't last minute prepare for this and um, in the last couple weeks I've been preparing and I had an opportunity to speak with somebody who was like in that place that I don't belong I don't understand God I don't understand why he would love me I don't understand what's going on in my life and I was prepared thank God to have that conversation because of that and it's not because it's my norm it's because God gave me the grace to do that so God's love is unconditional. It can't be earned. We don't have to show up, prettied up, for God to love us. And that that has been real heavy on my heart lately, and then especially after this encounter was so many times people are unwilling and are running from God because they believe they have to do something to earn his love. But in Ephesians, Paul tells us that's not true. Ephesians 2, 8 through 9, he says, God saved you by his grace when you believed and you can't take credit for this it is a gift from god salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done so none of us can boast about it and the enemy wants you to believe that he wants you to believe that you have to show up 
you have to get cleaned up before you can show up and, and be in the presence of God. And for people who believe God, for us Christian people who, you know, well, 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 that's not our problem. Well, in addition to that, once you become a believer, the enemy wants you to believe that before you can serve, before you can use your gift, use your talent, use your treasure, that you have to clean up. And the Bible tells us that God's going to do it all the cleaning up. He's going to fix this. He did not go looking for a cleaned up person when he found me. He did not go looking for a cleaned up person when he called the disciples. He uses people who are willing to listen, obey, and submit to his will. I've got a lot of scripture this morning. Romans 5, 8 through 9. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. And I put that one in there to, like, reiterate, he chose you, he loved you, he picked you, he died for you, he took care of you before you were right with God. He wanted to make you right with God, and he loved you so much that he sent Jesus. And I laugh. I was thinking about this other day, like, how is God in my life? How's God shown me love? Like, what are specific things I can think of? And I know of three times in my life that I should have died in a car wreck where God's love covered me. And one, I was five years old, and we got T-boned, and I got hit on my side of the car, and God saved me. He saved me in an 18-wheel wreck on the Rainbow Bridge one time. That was interesting. Um... But I I remember in that moment, it was really weird because I had grown up in church. I had known God. I had my ups and my downs, and that's a whole other story of how God will love you is because he knew all the stupid things you were going to do along the way. Um, But I remember being in the moment where this 18-wheeler is coming down the Rainbow Bridge, and I'm like, hmm, looking in the mirror like, this is not good. But I never was like... It was scary, but I was never, like, worried about my life, worried about was I going to be okay because I knew God would take care of me. And in the moment, it was hard to, like, process and think all that out, but I was thinking about that this week. And then he loved me by giving me a mother, I'll be her crazy, uh, who would take me to church. Because when I was born, my parents did not go to church. Um, Not because they didn't know any better, they just didn't. It wasn't a priority. They didn't choose to do that. But my mom decided that when I was born, she was going to begin to take me to church. And I fell in love with God because of that. And she did it regardless of whether my father would show up or not because she knew that that was the right thing to be doing. And God loved me in that. Fast forward way forward. And God loved me by giving me Lauren. Because, man, did I need some balance, huh? Jerry and April, no, uh, uh, that's enough, that's enough. And, and then I started thinking, okay, God gave me Lauren, loves me to, like, cover all my stupidity. But, man, he loved Lauren so much that he wanted her to rely on him so much <laughs> that not only did he, she get me, she got a second me in Reagan. <laughs> and we got that challenge to start the day today. And, you know, it's... Uh, it's funny, but it's so true. God is always there. He's always 
taking what's broken in us and fixing it. And it has nothing to do with what we can do. It has nothing to do with, um, you know, yesterday. I'm going to just share this little part of the challenges from yesterday. I'm uh, All week I'm dealing with this. I'm like, man, I'm struggling. Am I, am, am I in the right, is this the right thing? Am I in a good spot to do this? There have been times I'm doubting it. And I legit lost my crap yesterday over nothing like it, it wasn't a big deal and I just it was like the Lord was reminding me like hey you're not perfect it's gonna be okay it's you just you just speak my word and I, I say that stuff I just want to encourage you wherever you're at God can use you and he wants to okay so number two the love of God is life-giving we tend to believe in society that it costs too much to submit our lives to Jesus. There's this perception that you can't do this, that, or the other, which is true. But what we forget to realize is that Jesus will change what we want. He will change the things that we want, and, and those things will not be desirable anymore. And there's the things that we will now want in him, the desires that he gives us, will be better than, than what we thought was life. Amen. So I'm going to read John 3.16 for the sake of this, but for this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. He, right here, John 3, 16, if you just left it at that, if we believe in Jesus, it gives us life. But in society, we've been led to believe that, like, you're giving up. And yes, you are giving your life to Jesus, but you're gaining a whole much better life just by believing in him. And we have got to be able to believe let me back up. We have, I know I do, I often look at myself in my own eyes, in my own view, my own judgment, condemnation, whatever, of my life and the decisions I've made or the, the mistakes I've made or just, you know, downright bad decisions. And I look at it and I don't see myself the way that God sees me. I don't submit to his, what he says about me. And therefore, it stops me from doing the things that God created me to do sometimes. And I think we've got to learn to get to a place where we believe what God says so much that it changes how we see ourselves. Yeah. And not that the focus should be on you. The focus is always on Jesus. But I think that sometimes we get maybe more focused on ourselves by not believing what Jesus is saying than we do if we would just say, okay, this is what God says. I don't see it right now. I don't see this in my life, but I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to submit to it. I'm going to let God's way be the way, and that's it. Verse 17 in John, John, I did 3:16. We're going to verse 17. God did not send His Son to. Oh, I lost it. To world to not to judge the world, but to save the world. Through him, There is no judgment against anyone who believes in him, 
But anyone who does not believe in him has already been judged for not believing in God's one and only son. When we are in Jesus, we are not in condemnation. We are not in judgment. He's not over our head with a bat ready to beat us because we did something. He wasn't, he didn't come here to beat us up over our sin. He came here to pick us up out of our sin and change us into what we were created to be in the first place, in fellowship, in relationship with him. Can you play that video for me? Can you turn the lights down a little bit? Maybe. Yeah. This soliloquy, you could, you could sleep in the bed with two and three women and nobody's satisfied. You got a hundred suits, you can't cover up the pain. You got a three, four, five hundred pairs of shoes, you can't take a step in the right direction. You got nine or ten cars in the driveway, you ain't going nowhere. You got a 15,000 square foot house, but you ain't got a home. By the time you get to the bottom because God is calling you collect and you do not want to accept the charges because you know it's going to cost you something. So that ringing, that ringing, that ringing, that noise in your life that you can't turn it off. You up to bat and you three for four that night and you stolen three bases, but that ringing, that ringing is in your ears and in your head and you cannot turn it off. You want a football field and you dominate, you breaking a pass, you returning touchdowns, you high stepping, you doing your dance, but after the game is ringing and ringing and you can't get this out of your head. So, so now you're just crying out, you're crying out for help and you began to be suicidal. You began to be suicidal. So you're sitting in the, on the bench with the Cincinnati Reds, and you're three for four, few stolen bases, and you take a bottle of pills right in front of all your teammates. That's your cry for help because you can't cry. You know why I'm the man. How can the man cry for help? We all told our sons back in the day, you don't cry. You ain't soft. You ain't no sissy. You don't cry. You don't tell nobody your problems. You internalize them. You man up. So That's you're how there. we grew up. If you're there, what's the word of hope that changes that? The word of hope is sooner or later, you're going to have to surrender. You're going to have to surrender because you may not see it now. You may not know it now, but life is so much better if you just surrender. Why are you fighting a fight that's already fixed? Surrender. I didn't really know what that meant when I see people on, on television come out. You know the old western, they came with their hands up. They're surrendering. They say, you got me. I, you got me. I'm not fighting no more. You got me. Don't shoot. Don't, I, you got me. And that's how I went to God. And see, I had a moment. That's why nobody can't tell me nothing about the gospel of Christ Jesus. Nobody can't tell me nothing about who he isn't because I had a moment right in a room in Cincinnati, Ohio, a condo by myself. When I finally got on my knees that night and I surrendered, I said, Lord, if you here, take me, take me, I'm yours. And the lights that came into that room, the sound and the wind and the whistling, and it, and it came through that room and it's like papers was flying and the light was so bright and radiant that I was just crying out, Lord, take me, take me. And it was, it was so the most beautiful thing I ever saw. I had a real visitation. So for you, the gospel, accepting the gospel was a very dramatic moment for you. It was, my life has been dramatic. So how will that seem been dramatic? 
You think uh, my life has been uh, That's uh, uh, mediocre? My life has been dramatic. So. I wanted to show that because I, I've always believed that a testimony is going to trump anything I can say up here. It was like a real life experience with God. But when I got, I'm like, God, what, what else do you want people to know about your love? He said, it's unstoppable. You cannot run far enough. You can't hide good enough to get away from the love of God. He's never going to stop you. Uh, I mean, he's never going to stop pursuing you. And I showed him, and, and some of you may not know who that is, Deion Sanders. Deion Sanders had it all, but he didn't have Jesus. And when he found Jesus, it changed everything for his life. And now he's, the, he's constantly speaking out. He's constantly talking about the Lord. But God pursued him through all that. He pursued him over and over and over again. And so I, I want to go through a few scriptures as, we, as I begin to kind of get towards the end here. Uh, Psalm 23, 6, it says, Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Revelation three twenty. Look, I stand at the door and knock. I hear my voice. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in, and we will share a meal together as friends. He's constantly telling us. He's constantly showing us, like, Hey, I'm here. I'm for you. I'm with you. I can change this. I can fix this. I can bring you out of this bondage. I can bring you out of this situation. I can heal your broken heart. I can heal your family situation. I can fix your finances. Whatever it is in your life, whatever it is in my life, he's always there. He's always ready to heal that, to, to provide for that, to make a way he continues psalm psalm 139 7 i can never escape from your spirit i can never get away from your presence if i go up to heaven you are there and if i go down to the grave you are there if i ride the wings of the morning if i dwell by the farthest oceans even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me and then romans 8 38 through 39 and I'm convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love that God, or for the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. God needs us to know and understand that he's never going anywhere. He's never leaving. He's always with us. And we need to be able to share that. I told Lauren the other day, I said, sometimes I believe, I think that people who run from God believe in God more than people who sit in these pews. Because people who run from God know that I can't stay the same. He's going to change me. We get in our comfort in these pews sometimes, and we want to stay just how we are. We don't want to let God change us. And it may not be alcoholism. It may not be the big stuff anymore. Maybe it's the way that you talk to your coworker. Maybe it's, it's the person that you wouldn't help that needed help. You know, it's, there's always something that God's trying to do in us, changing us, transform our lives and our hearts to be different, to spread his kingdom, to spread his love, to take care of people the way that he created us to. There's always something God's working on. 
every time I'm happy that God did something in my life, here comes the next thing that he wants to change in my life. But he couldn't change this thing if I didn't listen in that thing. And so, there's two areas for me here this morning. I think there's people that need to know God's love, need to know that they are loved in the first place to just be able to accept Jesus, to accept what he did, to submit to him, and, and to begin walking with him. But then there's a whole other group of us who have known Jesus or known of Jesus. And sorry about that. And we are needing to understand that he is calling us to a different level. He's calling us to a different place, whether it be serving, whether that be in our job, whatever that looks like, we've got to be willing to see what he sees. And the only way to see what he sees is to get in word, to read the word, to spend time with him, to worship, to pray alone. Just like Lauren was saying earlier, you know, this music up here is, it's all great, but if it's all you're doing all week, it's not even close to enough. And so I just want to open up for prayer. Lauren's here, Daniel's here somewhere. Um, I, I want to open up for prayer this morning because I believe that God wants to do some things in people. I, I believe that, like I said, there are people who, who just need to know the love of God and understand that, like, hey, not only is God here, you belong here, and we're here, and we're going to walk with you and God, and we're going to love on you. And then there's others that just need to go deeper. And so um, I just, I want to, like I say, Jason's going to play for a little bit, and we're going to be up here, here to pray, and then I will let Lauren dismiss. So if everybody would stand for me, Christopher is not the greatest at dismissing, but y'all can hear through his words and know what he meant. (laughs) Uh, But I'm a teacher, so like, you know, 10 times a day I do this. So I just want to thank you all for being here this morning. We're going to worship just for uh, a few minutes longer and have um, some people ready to pray with you, including myself. And I want you guys to be encouraged this morning that um, as he was preparing this week. He was actively praying for every person that would be in this room this morning, every person watching, that God would pour his love on you and reveal his love to you in a new and deeper way this week. So I just want to pray that over you before you go. God, I just thank you that you are pouring your love out on these people, on their families, God, in every place that they go. And I thank you, God, that you would reveal to us a deeper level of your love and that we would be transformed by it. In Jesus' mighty name I pray, amen. Be blessed this week, guys. You're dismissed.